Welcome to the Innovation Meets Leadership Podcast. Real inspiration for real innovators. If you're looking for innovation and leadership transformation, your journey starts now. Welcome to the Innovation Meets Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bourne. I'm the founder of Innovation Meets Leadership and the Vice President of Innovation for Territory Global. I am so excited to talk to my guest today. This is Katie Mares, and she is the Chief Operating Officer for PermaShield USA. Her focus is building company infrastructure and designing customer experience programs. Katie is now a leading voice inspiring positive, actionable change. She is also a certified speaker, writer, mom, and obviously the list goes on and on. Welcome to the podcast, Katie. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here with you, Nat. We met at Women in Automotive in California back in 2017. I remember it like it was yesterday because I think when I was coming from Atlanta, I barely made it there because we were having a snowstorm here. But you spoke right before I did. And then um, what was so interesting is we spoke on a very similar topic and we've pretty much kept in touch ever since then. Oh, yeah. I was telling Thane, my fiance, we were talking about you actually yesterday. And I said, oh, it's just it's amazing that the first automotive conference I ever spoke at, I was welcomed with open arms by this awesome woman and we've kept in touch ever since. And and that's rare, A, in the automotive space, but B, with women, because women don't seem to support women as often as they should, because we're all... Um, we're afraid of, I guess it's like scarcity mentality where mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, if, if you're talking about sort of the similar topic and that I'm talking about, then I've got to hold my territory. So it was super refreshing to meet someone as awesome as you. And I'm excited to be here. Well, and I love what you said about women supporting women, because I feel like we had the exact opposite reaction to each other instead of being like, oh, I can't believe we're talking about the same thing. It was like we met up afterwards and we were comparing notes and like, oh, well, where did you where did you read that study? Oh, <laughs> well, let me tell you about this study. And it was just fun to one of the beautiful things I think about connecting with women and not seeing them as a threat is that you actually expand each other's knowledge by getting in the same room together. And I feel like that's happened every time we get together, we just exchange this ideas, knowledge, innovation, and I never feel a lack. I always feel like I grow when I'm around you. Oh, thank you. I feel the same way. I mean, nobody's successful without somebody else. I mean, like we can't, no one, man or woman can do it on their own. Um, if you if you think that you can, then you're, you know, sorely um, mistaken. But it it is important for us to lean on each other because you're like, like you said, we can expand our knowledge and um, grow. And there's enough business and, a, and enough voice out there for everybody to to be successful. So it, I mean, it's the only way I know how to be and I'm, I'm you're like minded. So I'm super grateful. Well, I'm excited to dig into a topic we're going to talk about today, which is customer experience. And so I want to talk a little bit about what inspired you to focus on customer experience. You are super passionate about this topic. Like even as I listen and think about the talks I've seen you do on YouTube, like this is this is a passion place for you. It's a passion place for me because I mean, the whole world revolves around humans, right? Like somebody is always somebody's customer. And I don't even mean just in business. I mean, my kids are my customer and my sister and my brother and my family members and my friend, I have an ability to serve them and create experiences for them that will break the script and will create memories that will last a lifetime. And so I believe that serving humans is our job and our duty as humans. And 
you know, people do business with people, not businesses. So customer service or customer experience is extremely important to me. And yeah, I'm super passionate about it because businesses have an opportunity to serve another human. And we all deserve to be served and we all deserve to um, have those moments that feel great and, and break the script. And, and that's how we earn people's business is, is by serving them and by creating experiences. That's so good. You know, it's funny as even as I listen to you talk, I can remember this story that you told about a specific experience you had at a car dealership when you went to buy a car and how oftentimes, um, and I think also where your passion comes from is seeing it done, not in a good way and knowing that you can help people to be better. And so I'm wondering if you would share that story because it was such a, a good story and I've had a very similar one. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I think most women have, and and I'm most humans in the automotive industry, but women, women in particular. Um, but yeah, definitely. So I needed, I needed a new vehicle and, uh, and we, we were running off uh, at the time with my ex-husband at the time. Um, there's five of us, three kids, one family vehicle. And I was like, I'm done. I, I need my freedom. <laughs> so I made the call uh, to say, hey, I'm, it's, it's time. I'm going to go and purchase a vehicle. And so we did. We went out and I went with um, my kids and my husband at the time. And I turned around when we you know, drove into the parking lot and I looked at my kids and I said, okay, let's all behave. You know that behave, let's behave speech that like all moms oh. give to the kids in the back room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then of course, they're like, they're grinning and saying what I want them, you know, what I want to hear. And yes, mommy, of course, mommy, I promise mommy. And the moment uh -huh. the door opens, they take a mad dash for the dealership doors, they throw open those doors, and then they split up in like three different directions and hop into these cars, right. And as a mom, um, I'm hearing like the car door slamming and I'm like trembling because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, these little fingers are going to get smashed <laughs> between two <laughs> giant metal pieces. Uh, so I finally kind of gather them all up and put them in one vehicle and they're playing and jumping out of the sunroof and honking the horns and all the sales folks. And they're mostly men. I think there's one woman. Uh, they're all looking at me like I have five heads and what is this woman doing here? Um, and then over the back, you know, I turned or glanced behind me and my, my husband at the time was being served already. I literally was there 15 minutes before anybody came over and this young gent decided to saunter over like, oh, well, I might as well go talk to her um, and looked at me and said, well, is your husband here? <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? I said, yeah, he's right over there. I said, and as I was about to say, but I'm the one purchasing the vehicle, he interrupted me and said, well, would you like to call him over? Oh, and okay. I was like, you know, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, make a very long story short. Um, I hightailed it out of there and said, I won't be buying a vehicle from you. It'll be my choice. But I went through, you know, seven different dealerships before I landed in one dealership that actually treated me like a human and um, wow. not just a woman who couldn't make a decision, that old stigma in, in the automotive um, world. And it's funny because I wanted like a brand name. I wanted a BMW. I wanted an Audi. I wanted something that was high end. And I ended up buying a Hyundai um, because the experience <laughs> was so great. And I saved myself $30,000, which was a bonus. <laughs> amazing. Uh, amazing, right? right? <laughs> yeah. But it is, um, that is the Ex the exact experience that sent me down a, like a rabbit hole of research uh, 
as it pertains to the customer experience in the automotive industry. And that's when I, you know, designed a keynote and applied and I spoke at Women in Automotive and then you and I met. Yeah. You know, it's interesting about that experience you had. And I even think about an experience I had a couple of years ago when I was buying a new car. I actually took my dad and he told the guy, no, it's not me buying a car. It's her. But he still continued to serve my dad the entire time. And I'm like, my dad's not the one Mm -hmm. buying a car here. And so I think we all have these experiences and they really shape us. But when we think about women, their purchasing power is off the charts. And so most of the time, if we don't even speak to them, we're going to lose the purchasing power because they're what, like 80% of of the purchasing power is influenced by, by women? Yeah, it's 85, 85% of all decisions made is, or they're made by women. So even though you're, you know, somebody's talking to a man, um, that man goes home and checks with his wife or his girlfriend or significant other, his mom, even uh, his sisters, she holds and influences over from an all industry perspective, over 90% of all purchasing power. That's crazy. So if this woman is the chief purchasing officer, how can people build Mm -hmm. their journeys and think about their journeys differently to consider her? Yeah. So, I mean, we are, well, there's a couple physiological differences between men and women and why we buy versus why they buy. And one of the biggest ones is our limbic brain. Now, our limbic brain is double the size of a man's and the limbic brain is our emotional memory hub of our brain. So it's, you know, if if there's any gents on, you know, listening right now, if you ever wonder why, like your wife, your girlfriend, your daughter, any woman in your life remembers a fight and how she felt in like grave detail from like five years ago, (laughs) you can blame her physiological structure. She was just born that way. We are emotional creatures. Humans are, period. But women, I mean, it's just we're, our limbic brain is double the size. We feel more. We want more detail. Um, we need to express our feelings more. And that goes to the second huge physiological difference between men and women is men communicate with logic, one side of their brain, where women communicate both with logic and creativity. So women need to not only get their point across, but they need to do it with grave detail. They need to be able to talk about all of the details that go along with that emotion, with that feeling, with that logical outcome, where a man is like A to Z as quick as they possibly can get there. So the way we communicate and how much we feel is vastly different. So if there's anybody that wants to actually capture the attention of the world's most influential consumer, you need to start thinking with your heart, your limbic brain, and not as um, A to Z, uh, not transactional, not utilitarian. We need to think interaction and we need to think hedonistic. We need to think with all of our senses. Um, So it is quite different than an experience you would um, tailor to a woman than than you would a man. So go back to that experience when you ran off to find your children. <laughs> what would the powerful moments have been of of help <laughs> um, for you as you walked into that dealership? How could somebody have come alongside of you and made you feel valued and worthwhile to be there? Yeah, you know, it's quite simple. And that's, that's the thing is that I mean, I always say this, I, 
I've consulted with some of the largest organizations in the world and, and created customer experiences that they train out to, to their, all their team members. And I always say, I'm going to write myself out of a job every time I say this. If we just knew how to be others focused, if we could just be good humans, then you wouldn't need me. Mm-hmm. Because all it would take is for you to look at that distressed mother and say, oh boy, she, you, could, you can see it on their face. If you just get out of your own way and actually look at you know, what others are going through, you'd be able to see, okay, this mom is frustrated. Her kids, she has three of them. They're all over the place. It would be as simple as coming up, introducing, um, introducing themselves, asking what the kids' names are, um, and then trying to rally them up with her. You know what I mean? Like take them along for the ride, make them feel comfortable. If you have a kid area, you know, offer, offer to make sure that you get them in there so that, so that they can play and are occupied. And, and Hey, if you've got other associates that are on the floor that aren't busy, get them in there as well. Um, but just noticing other people outside of yourself is the biggest and the first step you have to take. If, if you can't see what, what's happening and then not care enough to actually make the difference in the change, then, I mean, it, it's never going to happen. The thing you need to focus on is being others focused, is to focus on the customer and and fulfilling what their needs and wants are, not what you need or want. That's so powerful. And I'm even just thinking of experiences that you could have for for children, right? Oh my gosh, yes. Anytime someone gives my kid a snack, I'm like, thank goodness. Like just, (laughs) you know, they calm down, they sit down and they want to focus on that snack. And so just thinking of ways that we can help the person, like you said, that's standing across from us by by thinking of them as a human, first and foremost, before we think of, because I think so often we look at someone and judge them immediately, either they're not going to buy or they are going to buy. And I can just remember from my early years being in retail, always being surprised by who bought and who didn't. Right. And, and Mm -hmm. oftentimes I was most disappointed when I tried to judge a book by its cover, when I tried to guess that, Oh, this person's going to buy and they don't, or this person isn't going to buy anything. And then they just, you know, blow the bank and you're just like, Whoa. And, and that idea that we, if we can just see people as individuals and treat them the best we can, the rest will take care of itself. Oh my gosh, yes. If you could just open your mind and actually, I mean, actually care. That's the thing. You have to care. You have to realize that, and and I'm pretty blunt and frank every time I'm on stage and I'm, and I'm training a group, I let them know that they don't matter. Like as sales associates, we don't matter. All that matters is that person standing in front of you. Mm-hmm. It's their experience. It's their feelings. They're the one opening their wallets. You're the one serving them. So if you could have that serve mentality, like, I mean, not to get all religious and, and everything, but that is what the, you know, the gospel teaches us. It's, it's about serving. Yeah. And if you could just serve others before yourself, take care of others before yourself, everything falls into place. Others will take care of you. So if you think about it from a financial perspective, yeah. You taking care of a customer, that customer puts food on your table. That customer puts a roof over your head. That customer is taking care of you. So take care of your customer. Wow. That's just so, to your point, so simple, so basic, and yet we struggle so much with this. Can you talk a little bit about somebody that may be listening and, you know, maybe they have a small business or maybe they have a large business and they don't want to admit that at the size and scale of their business, they haven't really thought about creating customer journeys. Can you talk a little bit about where someone should start? Oh my gosh. 
it's daunting, small business or big business. If you don't have it and you know you need it, it's that's you know how we all like procrastinate something in life <laughs> and we push it under the rug. The customer journey, I mean, it takes a ton of time to create an experience and it takes a ton of persistence and focus and determination. And so I would say you want to start off small and you want to break it down in bite-sized pieces. Uh, one of my mentors, John DeJulius, always said, one bite of the elephant at the time. If you think you're going to swallow the whole thing, you're going to fail miserably. And that's with anything we do in life. But with the customer journey, I would start at looking at the moment's through time, which the customer does business with you. So, you know, actually creating what those touch points are in the journey. Once you understand the journey the customer takes with you, then you can just take each bite-sized piece, so each touch point, and start breaking it down and taking a look at your current experience, the current thing that you're doing, and then you can create an experience that your customers want. You can then create standards and then training behind that for each touch point. And then just focus touch point by touch point by touch point and just do one thing at a time. And that's so important. I think sometimes we run so fast, we don't slow down enough to look at what does the customer journey experience? I can remember I was working with a client on their customer journey and we mapped it all out. It took almost an entire day and a bunch of people from their department and we stepped back. We said, we just started laughing. We're like, that is such a bad experience. But now we know. And now we know. And it's like, okay, now that we've seen how bad this is for someone and, and where we dropped the ball for them, where can we and how can we fix this? And that just sparked so much ingenuity and innovation around, okay, we got to, we know we got to change this, but how? And you don't really know to do that unless you can see it all mapped out and you see all the areas where that experience kind of falls through the cracks. Oh, for sure. I mean, life is perfect. Your business is perfect until it's not, right? And if you, <laughs> and, and the thing is, is, is this, you can't fix what you don't know is broken. So like, you can, you know, sweep it under the rug and, and ignore it. And then all of a sudden you have this huge problem. But the moment you bring it to light, and this is where most businesses get scared is the, it's like, oh crap, I actually going to have to do work. Um, I'm going to have to change some behaviors. I'm going to have to work really hard to make this difference. But as soon as you bring it to light, it's easier to then, like you said, A, be innovative, but B, break it down into bite-sized pieces. It becomes less scary when you see it all out there and say, okay, for the first year, we're going to focus on touch point one through three, and then we're going to really focus on um, getting the team working together and, and you know, change the mentality. And then we're going to go from, you know, touch point four to six in year two or so on and so forth. But it's, it's super important to realize what's broken because we can't fix what we don't know is broken. We can't create a new experience, um, break the script, create these moments of like memorable moments if we don't know what we need to fix. Yeah. What are some of the ways that you can make this journey measurable? So like once you map the journey out and you say, okay, these are all the things that we see, good, bad, and ugly, right? How can we look at that journey and say, okay, now how can we measure whether or not we're going to get better as we make some of these changes? Yeah. So, I mean, taking a look at, um, you know, a net promoter score is is really important, like an NPI or NPS and, and take a look or CSI in, uh, in the automotive world. Um, but taking a look at the most, like you're most likely to recommend. So people will only recommend 
businesses that they enjoy doing business with. Um, so taking a look at that, that number of likely to recommend that percentage, if that increases, that's a big one. Um, taking a look at just your overall customer satisfaction is, is really great. Um, your conversion rates, if your conversion rates are going up, uh, that means people are enjoying doing business with you. Um, and then of course you've got, you know, your sales and, and those are always, um, telltale signs. I love that too, because even as you're talking, I'm thinking about, you know, let's say we're looking at a journey that has 14 steps to it. I love the idea of isolating one area to improve and then measuring that area to your point, like, you know, did sales go up, did our NPS go up, what's happening with that place that we've isolated and decided to change. And then if nothing happens, right, then maybe we change something that didn't really matter, but really beginning to move down the line. And as you make changes, isolating them. Sometimes we try to change so many things at once, we actually don't know what's working. Uh Well, and you just bring up a really good point is, and and the point is you want to talk about it. Um, you, you have questions. And so you've got to give the customer a voice. So once you start to um, make these changes and you decide on your KPIs that you're going to, um, that you're going to use to measure the uh, success of these changes, then you have to now give the customer a voice in your meetings. You have to actually talk about the customer. If you don't talk about it, you know, it's going to be one of those initiatives that get, you know, gets out there. Everybody sort of does it and gives lip service. And then if you don't continue with it, it just fades away. And like every other initiative that's out there in the world, um, it's really easy to, to lose sight of it. So, you have to give the customer a voice within your leadership meetings, within your huddles with your sales teams. You have to talk about what's working, not what's not working. And you have to talk about those KPIs that you've you've nailed down and said, this is what's going to tell us we're successful with, with these changes. If you don't give the customer a voice, then those changes will never stick and you'll never know what's working, what's not working and what you should change and not change and, and so on. That's so good. And I would say if uh, I've said this before on one of my podcasts, but like if you are, for example, listening to this and you're in product and you don't talk to your customer, you may be in the wrong field (laughs) because, you know, speaking to your customer should be a part of, you know, honestly, weekly, every two weeks. I mean, it should be on a cadence where you're speaking to someone, whether it's formally or informally, that's a customer to learn and glean from what's working and what's not. And something I used to do all the time in every product role I've ever been in is I would call customers that canceled and just say, hey, I'm not in sales. I just want to understand more about why you canceled. And we would talk through it. And sometimes at the end of it, they would ask to sign back up. Sometimes at the end of it, we just understood why they were gone. But Mm -hmm. it was just this powerful moment of, I'm not here to sell you anything. I just want to learn from your experience. Oh, for sure. And I mean, again, I mean, we don't have food on our table, lights overhead. A business is not running without customers. So customers are number one, period. And that goes for the internal customer too, because if your employees are not happy, then your customers won't be happy. Um, so this type of feedback, this voice you need to give your customers goes both ways. But yeah, you have to make that effort and you have to understand who they are, how they tick and what you need to do to personalize that experience. That's so good. Any final thoughts for our listeners? Oh, gosh, so many. Um, but when it comes to just the customer in general, and especially with what all we're going through with this pandemic, right? Like it's 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 nuts. Uh, people are have been stuck in homes 
Um, they've been isolated from their family. Like I know myself, I have a grandmother that's in her like late eighties that I haven't seen in a year and a half because she's in an old age home and I can't see her. And she's like withering away. I think about people like that. And I think about, you know, kids being stuck inside without their friends when the world opens up, or if you have an opportunity to interact with the customer, cherish those moments because people are in desperate need of love and interaction from other people. I mean, giving a person a hug right now is like the best thing ever. I saw a friend the other day, she's a hairdresser and she cut my kid's hair like secretly because Canada's locked down. Um, but she came in and she's like, Oh my gosh, can I just have a hug? Like we need that interaction. My final thought would for everybody is to think about is if you have a chance to interact with somebody, make their day, serve them, make them happy, make them smile, um, make them feel important because they need that human stimulation. I'm going to repeat that because it was so good. If you have a chance to meet with somebody, make their day. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. (laughs) Um, It puts us in a completely different mindset. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Katie. Oh, my pleasure. And, And thanks for having me on. I was super excited. So thank you. Thank you so much. So to learn more about Katie Mayers, follow her on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, pretty much everywhere, or head over to katiemayers.com. And to our listeners, thank you for joining the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. Remember, don't just get out of the box, break the box and set it on fire. Let's go transform something. Thank you for joining us for the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Innovation Meets Leadership. And visit our site at innovationmeetsleadership.com for more innovation resources. Today's sponsorship is brought to you by Territory Global. We work at the intersection of experience and imagination. We help you pinpoint problems and turn them into opportunities. We make imagine happen. Some of the best organizations in the world choose us as their partner to help solve their strategy, innovation, transformation, story, and ways of working problems. Learn more at Territory.co.